Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched Only Lovers Left Alive, directed by Jim Jarmusch and released in 2013. The plot summary is apparently very short. The long-lasting love story of a pair of vampires, Adam and Eve. Yeah, I wrote that. That's the best I could come up with. <laughs> I have another one. I have an alternate yeah, no, one no, if you read like. It, read it. Okay. Plot summary. The peaceful undeath of long-lived vampire lovers Adam and Eve is interrupted by Adam's bout of depression and the interruption of... Oh, I wrote interrupted twice. That's terrible. (laughs) I should read over these things. Yeah. Okay. The peaceful undeath of long-lived vampire lovers Adam and Eve is interrupted by Adam's bout of depression and the appearance of Eve's sister, Ava. Cool. Yeah, that's a pretty good plot summary. That's what I've got. Because I was trying to figure out a plot as well. Mm, Yeah. um, And I didn't want to just be like, Hiddles! (laughs) That's totally the plot, right? It's totally the reason we went to see it. it it's Hiddles and, and Tilda Swinton. Hiddles and Tilda Swinton, really. I, pre- pretty much that's it. I'm done. I, I was going anyway. Yeah. I would always have seen that because of those two. So how do you feel about Only Lovers Left Alive, Melissa? Um, Yeah, I, I think I actually quite enjoyed it. I It was a little slow in parts, um, mm-hmm. a little bit like that, but it looked great. The two leads were great. The um, her sister Ava or sister in inverted commas, uh, Mia Vaskovska does a great job, and um, I've forgotten his name. Chekhov. Um, John Hurt. No, no, the, the young guy. Oh, Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. Duh, Chekhov. Yeah. Duh, Chekhov. Yes, and yeah, John Hurt and and Anton Yelchin. It's all it's kind of real top notch actors doing a good job. Yeah. So yeah, I reasonably enjoyable. I feel like I liked this movie more thinking about it than I did when I was watching it. Yes. So that's it's really stuck with me. Yeah. Um. So we've had about a week and a half since we saw this because we've had, you know, we've just been slack and we've all kinds of other reasons we haven't recorded this for a while. And and because I had a bit of time, it actually stuck with me all weekend. I kept mm. thinking of lines from it. Yeah, it, it stayed with me. So I think I feel like having sat with it for a bit, I, yeah, I definitely do like it. Okay. So um, I wrote a little bit more about what happens without spoiling it, which is that Adam lives in Detroit. Yes. And Adam is Tom Hiddleston. Yes. He lives in Detroit and his wife, Eve, who is Tilda Swinton, lives in Tangier and she lives with, or she lives near another vampire called Christopher Marlowe, Mm -hmm. as in, you know, Shakespeare's friend Christopher Marlowe, who apparently wrote all of his stuff according to this movie. Mm -hmm. And he's played by John Hurt. And then Adam is depressed. Right. So Eve goes to see him. Yes. And then they sort of hang out for a bit and then Ava shows up and like implodes their little world for a while. True. And there's a lot of focus on getting good blood. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a major thing in this movie, um, that our blood is polluted and they have to get the good stuff, like the unpolluted stuff. Mm. There's and, a lot of focus. in a lot of vampire lore, they seem to be reliant on human blood. Like, you know how Angel, for instance, gets blood from the butcher? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they have to go to the hospital and get real human blood, but they've got to get pure stuff. Yeah. Mm. And there's a lot of focus as well on, like, the age of things and all this sort of, mm. like, um, yes. Eve seems to be able to tell how old something is by touching it while Adam can't. So the vampires seem to have different powers. Mm. Well, I, I also thought her thing was that, yeah, she seemed to have a connection with, a physical connection with objects. That's why she wears gloves. Well, they all wear gloves. Yeah, but she ha- hers is, yes, she her <laughs> power, I guess, is that, yeah, she touches things. I felt like it was more than just she could tell how old it was She because she could tell, like, what type of wood it was made from. Yeah. She always – she knew what all the plants were and the different types of fungi and things like yeah. that. 
Whereas his special skill was um, electronics and that kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. And he has that little <laughs> – I really like that scene where they go out in the garden and he's got his little generator and she's so impressed with it. Mm. And she's like, you're a wizard or something he like is. that. It's he's so cute. super clever. And then at, at the end they're in Morocco and he looks up at like a, a dodgy wiring box on the outside of the building and he's just like, oh. <laughs> Zombies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's so emo. He's, he's so this- grumpy. I God, I love this because this is Hiddles. This is like as far from Tom Hiddleston's natural personality as you can get. He's playing this super grumpy, depressed vampire. He's he's this really – he's like an emo, man-child, grumpy old man. And he's also, <laughs> he's also a bit of a hipster, not because he's, you know – a hipster, but because he's lived so long that he can't be bothered upgrading his stuff. So if it, it's like all his electronic equipment and um, telephone and everything came out in the 1970s and he hasn't bothered upgrading anything. Well, he seems to be against upgrading it, but this is – okay, this is one mm-hmm. of the problems I actually have with the whole idea Yeah, is that they seem really, really – like he he has this obsession with humans' creativity and how they st- how other people stifle it and how they insist on stifling it, right? Yep. But they don't like anything that's been made after 1970. Neither of them do. She has an iPhone, but like she that's nobody ever says anything about it. They don't like. Seem she seems to, fine mostly. I know, but she doesn't. They don't praise anything phone. new. Yeah, but she's into the, the yeah. She, I mean, she likes the iPhone, and she's a bit kind of yeah. But you don't hear them say anything about no, it. But she, she, like, you can tell she's exasperated with him for insisting on having a you know dial phone with a hooked into the television kind of arrangement. Yeah, but it's it's this weird thing where like Although I, she is I feel very like, into f- physical books and things. Yeah, I f- I have this mm. this irritation with it that like they don't. They like modern things, but not the new modern things because they're not cool. Only so, old modern things are cool. I have a theory it's about that. Stupid, it, I, no, no, tell I me have what, this, it's this stupid. Continue. It's this stupid frustration that I have with like indie filmmakers and stuff where they're always like, old things are cool and new things are not cool. But in like 30 years, they'll be saying the stuff that we have now was cool and the stuff they have then is not Absolutely. cool and it's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think things are bad or good just because they're older and been around longer or they were you know, a part of your childhood. And I think that was actually – I had a, a similar kind of complaint. I felt like it was Jim Jarmusch taking out some of his like angry old man angst at the world changing around him so fast, and you know the and and I mean in some ways, yeah, that's it is the disposability of the way the world has changed, and we just keep throwing out our phones every two years and all that kind of stuff. And I I get that that's a legitimate problem in terms of using our resources and whatnot, but I I didn't think that he was approaching it necessarily from that direction. I felt like it was. I'm an old man. I've been in this business a very long time. I was here back when, you know, we had to hand crank the film, whatever. And um, things were better then. Yeah. And I get this feeling that, like, he's kind of thinking, and it's not because things were better. It was because they were his glory days. It was when he was young and hot and, you know. Yeah, yeah. and the thing is, is, I mean, it's always going to keep happening where they're like, mm. it's it's like when I watched, um, was it Oblivion? Mm. I saw Oblivion and Tom Cruise has this like place in the in the jungle and it's set in the future and he has a record player. Mm. And you're like, yeah, I get it. Record players are cool, but it's it doesn't make sense. They only do it because it's cool, not mm. because it's logical to the plot or anything. They're just like, record players are cool. He doesn't have an MP3 player. He doesn't even have a CD player. It's an old-fashioned record player that he mm. uses. Um, and this Im- is set in the future. Mm. You can Im- – Oblivion, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. You can imagine Jim Jarmusch being one of those guys who only has a record player at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is like – that's – of th- I, that I sound like and- I hate Jim Jarmusch. I don't. He's, no, I, I think like he's really too. great. I just also 
recognize that there's a bit of yeah i've got an under kind of, of kind of like snobbery about new stuff yeah coming the through. other thing that drove me crazy mm. was the scenes in detroit okay the driving <sighs> my god i i understand that what happened in detroit is really sad right i understood that in the first scene where they drove through detroit i didn't need the other four or <laughs> however many more there were that was so long and so incredibly boring to me okay i, I just yeah. I, I just kept switching off like there was the movie was long and with long scenes and, and i had, we had a after, very long yeah, day we we went after work on like a thursday yeah no i totally get that and i was so tired and just like ready to tune out i think you I were was in this the, movie how i was watching labyrinth yeah yeah because i'd been at um at this music festival at a school that day and i'd been out in the sun for hours and i was so tired mm, it was a really hot day too wasn't yeah. it yeah uh, um and i yeah. was just exhausted so whenever that happened i was like i don't care yeah and it whereas was, I was very actually more long and ponderous a lot yeah, of the time I, whereas i was actually stayed generally stayed engaged with it i think it's because i really like the script it's full of hilarious one-liners it's very quotable I I get I had this thought recently um, that I feel the sort of the same way about this one as I did about Pacific Rim in a sense. Mm. In that, although I think this was better written, but mm. it has this amazing world with so much information about these vampires mm. that they don't. He he instead chooses to focus on this very very mundane sort of everyday domestic life of vampires story. Mm. And there's so many other there's clearly so many other things that have happened to them, but this is like one of the least interesting moments in their life and that's what we're focusing on yeah although the of course it's this truth of life that reveals itself through the mundane it's what you do every day that sort of i get that what but, becomes you you know there and wasn't a lot of stuff no there wasn't but i i actually think it was kind of interesting to think about what it would must be like to be married for 150 years and my first thought was of course they live on separate continents because they've been married 150 years like you know mm. then in this space the um the two of them are like the oldest married couple you know, of course. So they're really familiar with one another. Like they work really well as a team. Mm. They very much as a team. Like as, as and as soon as the little sister turns up, it's like mum and dad and the teenage daughter. <laughs> so they do kind of. Except they're not. He doesn't really like her. No. Clearly, doesn't like no. her. It's more like this stepdaughter. Really, it's like her, yeah. Anyway, but the point is not that. The point is that as a team, they actually work really well together they're kind of a yeah they've kind of it, it, and i think it would have been interesting to go into a bit more thinking about how what it must be like to have been married to one person for so long mm. Mm. but yeah yeah i think so there's they're they're really really beautiful i mean like oh, they yeah. they look amazing they've got this hair thing going on where i think like all vampires like backcombing or something where they're all well, of the vampires have this big hair that's Stands out, looks really oh, thick. Oh, right, yes. Uh, Tilda's in like dreadlocks, like white dreadlocks. Almost. Well, it's yeah. not quite dreadlocks. Not dreadlocks, They're, but big it's white like hair. spiky and – but yeah. all of them have it, mm. I noticed. They've all got um, All of the, the vampires have the same kind of hair. Oh, okay. Um, I noticed while I was watching the movie that they have this like thick sort of – yeah, almost dreadlocky hair. Mm. And oh, then okay, yeah. Tom Hi Tom Hiddleston's got his in front of his face with an emo fringe. Right. He's a, um, he's but even really Ava's frizzy. is the same. Like he's meant I know he's they're going for like a Russell Brand kind of look with him, like which is it's like he's kind of a greasy musician kind of hair. Yeah. But, but it's frizzy. His hair is frizzy. It, it, that was all I could notice. I was like it, and I think because I'd seen Thor and I'd seen him with the frizzy hair in that too, mm. very briefly, and I was like looking at it, I mean, he has similar frizz problems to me. Like that was <laughs> 
I was distractingly frizzy. Well, I think that they're all mm. yeah, they're all the same. Yeah, all yeah. of them have that thick kind of frizzy kind of yeah, yeah. uncontrollable hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so something there's, that there's, happens to you when this, you become a vampire, I guess. In yeah, this world. it's this thing watching it where I can see all these little bits and pieces, the gloves and the sunglasses whenever they go out, yeah. and they make these little references to different things that they can and can't do, mm. and you feel like there's this whole other world that isn't being explored. Right, but obviously someone has put a lot of time and energy into the creating law it. lore yeah. that's behind this. Yeah, I, yeah, and that's always interesting because I've watched a few vampire series in my time now, and there's all and the lore is always slightly different each time. Like there's um there's always like little differences, like yeah. like what we said before about the um hu- they've got to have human blood, they've got this hair that is a certain way. Mm. Um, yeah, this is I think it's fairly traditional in a lot of ways, but yeah, that and there's not really bad guys. No, um, no, no. There's not – I don't think there's any – there's much reference to these particular I vampires just, ever drinking somebody's blood. No. Um, they ne- they almost never go after people. No. And that's sort of a big thing when Ava comes in because she clearly does. Yeah, she does. Um, even without – like when she first appears, mm-hmm. they talk about yep. it. Um, and I, so I, I just she's, had to Google image her because I Google image a picture of me on Basakovska so I could see the hair thing, but it's it's totally a thing. You're totally yeah. right. Yeah, I so. noticed it while I was watching because yeah, yeah. I noticed it when they're all sitting there with Anton Yelchin. Mm. Yes. And he's, he's got – his was like sleeker. Yeah, like regular human yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. long, but it's sleeker because mm-hmm. he's also a musician. Right. His. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, his is frizzy too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the scene though, when they come home, is so funny. Not when they like the next day when they're there. I don't know if we do. We want to spoil. Um, I'd, I'd prefer we don't. Okay. Well, that scene is funny. The um, the next morning when they they yeah, mm-hmm. and and ha- the uh, full extent of Grumpy Hiddles was really oh Grumpy. Funny. <laughs> I cannot love Grumpy Hiddles more. Which is really funny because you know I love regular Hiddles, but Grumpy Hiddles was hilarious. It's so funny. Like he's so I. He's so frustrating and mm. she's all like light and caring and mm. beautiful and all this sort of stuff. Right. And, he, and she's there so patient with him while he's sitting there like, I hate the world. Yeah, yeah. I hate all the – he calls all the mortals zombies and he's yeah. like, oh, look what the zombies have done this time. Yeah. Um, and, and it's all about him like, oh, they just did it to annoy me. They just seem to mess up my life. Yeah. I can't believe she came here and she just ruins everything. That's for Ava. Yeah, Ava, yeah, yes, not sorry. Eve because no, not Eve. they really do they love do really each do other. They do really do love – he needs her, yes. Yeah. And he's so creative and stuff, but then at the same time, yeah. But he's he is really funny. And and when Ava says she's been living in LA, and he goes, "Oh, it's the what is it? The land of the zombies, or yeah. capital of the zombies, or something?" And uh, it cracked me up. Hang on, I've got a yeah. I wrote the quote down after. Oh, Zem- Zombie Central. That's what he called zombie it. Zombie Central, right? I wrote it down after I saw it because it was my favorite thing yeah, in the movie. When the, he's like, "Oh my god, LA Zombie Central." He has some of the best one-liners. <laughs> I I can't actually remember a lot of them off the top of my head now, but they come to me at times. Mm. One of my favorite bits was that. This went and made blood pops. Yeah. Like she made them <laughs> put them in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's the best idea ever. I love it. I know. It looked great. Um, that was one of my favorite bits. But yeah. And there, there were other scenes where I was like, I get it. They're really domestic and they're in mm. love and all that. And then there's some, there's that one scene where it kind of rubs in your face what the theme is, mm. where. He's like, it's so depressing. And she's like, you still don't get it. We have all this life. You can go out and live it. So it's like a choice between, you know, if you live forever, do you keep embracing everything, all the little things that make life worth living, like dancing? Or do you just get yourself stuck with the things that you love and be depressed about it? Yeah. Mm. That's sort of, and that's kind of, I felt like that was a bit on the nose. Mm. Um, But it is really pretty. Everybody looks really pretty in it. And everybody is really good in it. They're gorgeous. There's actually a really fabulous scene of the two of them sleeping where mm. she's like 
which I'm I'm fairly the yin yang scene the yin yang photo <laughs> yeah it, that, I'm sure that photo is all over the will be all over the internet once yeah. this movie's out in wide release because it's this gorgeous the two of them naked sleeping next to one another black and white yin and yang gorgeously yeah. done with him and with his black hair and her with her white yeah. hair and and he dresses all in black and she dresses all in white mm-hmm. and that that whole balance thing was really really obvious like through the imagery as well right. as through yeah. the words mm-hmm. um there's also a 5 minute long advertisement for a singer called Yasmin. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We do we sit through the whole scene. I thought something was going to happen. No, I, I thought just wandering they... around Morocco and there happens to be a bar with this gorgeous singer. Yeah. No. And then they watch her through a whole song. But I thought like they might turn her or do something with her mm. or she might be a vampire, but no, it was just It was a bit of a character moment for um Tom. Yeah, but it was a really it was really long for a character moment. Right. It was the whole song. Right, right, right. But that's this movie did move a bit slowly. This is um I think you, we've gotten very used to like mainstream blockbuster movies. This was definitely a trip back into like indie cinema land for me yeah. where you do the long ponderous sit through a whole song, you know, drive around Detroit several times thing. Yeah, I have patience for that sometimes at the end of a long day. I really don't. No, so I, I, I get it. You say you, you It was altered by how I felt that day, but right. I, I I really don't tend to like movies with seven scenes of driving around Detroit and how right. depressing it is. Yeah, I don't, I, know. I don't think I ever do. No, I don't know. I just I was sort of I just was engaged with. I think I got a little bit like yeah, it did get a bit slow at times, but I think I'm I was mostly quite engaged with it and was just sort of happy to be happy to go along on it. And it's certainly not it's not too indie. It's it is actually quite a lot of fun mm. with the two of them. Yeah, and, and the dynamic. And yeah, that's the 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 concept yeah. is amazing. The the whole sort of idea of these particular vampires is great. Mm. And there's a few really genuinely emotional moments as well, and it's so funny. Mm. So it's funny. so unexpectedly funny. Yeah. But like so whenever they're talking, you're laughing and then the rest of the time it's sort of like Long mm. scenes. Of I guess stuff. when you've been around humans so long, you really can't but laugh at them. Like it, it must be really silly. And these are really old vampires. This is not mm. a lot of the vampire stuff you see. The vampires are sort of between the kind of two hundred to five hundred year old range. Like I think Angel is in the, in his two hundreds somewhere, and like Bill Compton is two hundred, and then Eric the vampire is really really old because he's like a thousand years old. These are like two three thousand year old vampires. Yeah, so they're really really old. So well. I, I'm not sure exactly how old all of them are. No, I don't know exactly. It's hard to know because She's Christopher Marlowe through cl- the Middle Ages, but Christopher Marlowe obviously was only born in like this late 1500s. Well, he might not have been because he might have been earl- been born earlier and then befriended. Oh, it should. But it's well, th- and it's that's, unclear. And that's the thing where it's not clear because like, and, and it seems like they have that thing about as long as the work gets out there, and that's how they tie oh. Christopher Marlowe and um. And also the the Tom Hiddleston character with his music, like Adam. He, Adam, I could never remember the name. Silly me. Anyway, the, the idea being that they they're really good at have a talent for something, and they want to get the work out there, mm. and they try not to do it under their own name. They try, but they want to get it out there anyway. And which is, of course, why this singer comes in because he sees a singer and she's amazing, and he's like, oh, there's another vehicle maybe for some of my work. Yeah, there's also this. Um, they don't get a lot of opportunity to actually show the vampire side no they're really really human i think that's kind of the point though i guess but but it looked so good that i wanted to see more of it yeah when when we actually get the moments they're really great well we're talking about how old they're i'm actually interested in that stuff it's obviously they've lived a long time but they've lived a really long time like oh you missed the middle ages it was such fun Mm. and and it's kind of must have been really interesting to have lived that long but of course human imagination can kind of imagine us living a few hundred years but we have 
because we don't know as much about time before that, it's, I guess, a little harder for them to come up with. Well, this is another reason why I think it's strange that they're sitting there listening to music from the 60s, hmm. like specifically, and, and repeatedly yeah. from the, about the same era, which is clearly the era that Jim Jarmusch thinks is cool, yeah. but not from, there's a little bit of them listening to music from before that, hmm. but not after. And then she has all these books, but they're all from a certain period. They're all quite old, yeah. Yeah, but they're also, like, from what I could tell, the ones that I recognised were from about a 100-year, 200-year period, mm-hmm. but all old. Yeah. So it's kind of this thing where it's like, oh, yeah, they like – I feel like they would like things from right across human history rather than mm. specific periods. Yeah, but, of course, the way time works is that you, you um, even if you're a vampire, you probably are most influenced by the stuff that is more recent. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they would have interests across the whole spectrum, but yeah, you would think that. I feel I, actually I am picking a bit. I know. I um, I feel yeah. I feel like you would actually know probably the more recent stuff. I yeah, I don't know. And again, it's more of a commentary on Jim Jarmusch and and his his generation, not just him. I'm I'm. Mm. He, would he be a baby boomer? Is that about his age? Uh, 1953. So that's that makes him around the, of an age with our parents, which makes him a baby boomer. So I I do think. It's not so much. It's not just about Jim. It's about Jim and that whole baby boom generation yeah. that is kind of is now quite old and is living in a different world than the one that they came of age in and trying to hang on to that world and and sort of Which, despairing at the disposability of it all and yeah and it yeah. gives him a certain perspective on the vampires but I don't yeah. know if it's and I, I appreciate what he did with this but I also feel like his perspective on these guys isn't the story of these guys, even though he made it. Mm, if yeah. that makes sense. I think it was interesting. I actually read a quote the other day and I, th- Kevin Smith tweeted it, but I don't know if it was from, like he actually made the quote, but I will credit Kevin Smith with it because I think he did. It was every generation gets the vampire myth they deserve. <laughs> and I feel, and, and it definitely made sense to me, just this being the most recent vampire thing that I'd watched, but we've watched a lot of vampire stuff between yeah. us. That your vampire thing speaks to your generation because the whole thing about vampires is that they're immortal and immortality is one of those things that we don't have but is really interesting and fascinating to us and therefore gives you stuff to explore but you can only ever explore it through the lens of your own teeny tiny human life. Mm. And so he's this is the this is a vampire story for Jim Jarmusch's generation as much as anything. Yeah. I mean, like none of the actors are of that generation and we're not and we still enjoyed it, but it's it's very much a, a movie about baby boomers. Even the whole setting of Detroit and the you know decline of the American car industry and the decline of that particular city and Motown and all that kind of stuff that's now this wreck of a place where this guy's chosen to live. Like the um, it's it's yeah, it's like driving His around. Wilderness. And, well, yeah, it's it's the whole you know baby boomers who are now heading into their sixties, driving around in the wreck of a world that is a shadow of what it was, which they can remember. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's sad what happened to Detroit. It um, is. I mean. I that, just felt like I didn't need to see it yeah. seven times. But it's it also something that it is important to think about because like logically and economically, it makes sense that the, I mean, no industry lasts forever. And of course the American car industry collapsed because it, there were people doing it cheaper and better and whatnot. And so economically it makes sense, but there's still humans left behind. And so that's why it's worth exploring and it is interesting. But, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from in that it's just, it did go on a bit. And that you didn't see the humans left behind. What you saw is a lot of crumbling buildings. The relics of the A world. lot of, yeah. like, empty streets. He didn't, 
Mm. He he just wanted to show what it looks like now. Yeah. He didn't. You didn't really get. I only got the feeling of what it was like when they were actually standing in the old um, cinema, cinema that became yeah. or the old theater that became a car park. Mm. That was the only time I actually felt. Mm. what he was trying to make me feel right. by having long scenes of them driving through Detroit mm-hmm. and seeing all of the buildings. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Like you can have one scene that captures a feeling yeah. rather than seven scenes that just show it to you. Yeah. And that's what movies are supposed to do. They're supposed to try and get you to feel it rather than just showing show images to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show, don't Which tell. is kind of what those scenes were mm. for me. But yeah, I, I don't want to focus too much on the negative things because I, no. I did enjoy a lot of it. I mean, Ava is – Mia Vaskoska – did a really, really good job in this of being this like destructive sort of uh, like Force natural disaster. She was that great. That came through their lives and just upended everything and is this kind of petulant teenager of a vampire. Mm, mm-hmm. And she was really, f- she was really got them to do different things as well, which was really necessary, I think. Because mm. at that point, we pretty much knew who they were. Yeah. And, there was and a, we needed a, and a Ant- catalyst. Anton Yelchin's character was, you know, this sort of clueless human. So mm. we really. We really did need her, and she was great. And that went in a direction I didn't think it was going to, actually. But that was, yeah, she was terrific. I really, I mm. think everybody was good, but she kind of was a breath of fresh air at, oh. at that point that she entered. Yeah, I know, right? It's so cool. I wonder if that's a, I'm trying to remember which vampire series this is lore in, but I don't know. Sometimes when you, I wonder if when the time at which you get made a vampire is where you kind of get stuck. Like if she was... 21 or something when she was made a vampire she's kind of stuck being 21 for the rest of eternity um i think you're thinking of um, um and rice tr- oh i think of true blood but oh, okay. i've not read it because Anne rice well if you've seen interview with a vampire you've got um <laughs> little um little kirsten dunst yeah gets turned into yeah. a vampire when she's a child and so she has to be a child forever right that sort of idea well the, the, yeah and that's and in this it would make sense because tilda swinton is clearly i don't know what age she's playing but she's clearly about 50 right um yep. and she's very patient and and has yeah. a lot of wisdom and then adam's like sort of in his late 20s given the actors Kit there's the act- older. The, the age difference between the actors is about 20 years she's about mm. 20 years older and that that is very much the dynamic of the relationship that she's a bit older, a little bit more patient, a little bit less petulant of a grump. Yeah, petulant. <laughs> less petulant. Petulant man-child. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, and oh, there's this interesting costuming bits too. I just looked at the poster yeah, yeah. and it reminded oh, the me. black and white and the sunglasses? Or? Not just that. When something violent happens in the movie, she starts wearing bits of red in her costume. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's something that I sort of so clever. Like cuz she basically just wears light colors. At the beginning she's mm. wearing a sort of yellowish white, but then she mostly wears mm. cream or white through the whole thing. Yep. And then yep. once there's a violent thing that happens, her white has some red in it. So we should have known that there was going to Oh, I'm not going to spoil everybody. But did, okay, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, and I, then and then that happens and they sort of deal with it, but then right. um and then she goes back to basically white again. Huh. Um but yeah, it's it's I thought that uh, was fun. Yeah, I see. Uh, the, in terms of the visuals, right. Like there's so much in this. Mm. Um there's so many interesting things, the age of the clothes that they wear and stuff oh, like I that. Oh, I love that bit. <laughs> the costuming and the and the look of the places they go. Mm. They clearly picked Tangier for a reason. Yeah. Because watching them walk through the city I was much more interested in watching them walk through that city than drive Tangier through Detroit. Tangier was amazing. And I think the yellowy – it was a yellowy cream colour, a lot of the buildings, yeah. which is fits right in with how she looks. And exactly. It's very much and he's her in black world. Detroit. Yeah. Bleak Detroit where it's uh, all absolutely. dark. Absolutely. And- yeah, yeah. I remember reading an interview with I think Jim Jarmusch, which I've I've got linked in the show notes, which so if you want to take a look at it. And it talks about the costuming and they wanted to make the clothes look like they came from any era. And mm. we even have reference to this – 
yeah, with Kit Marlowe, she's she's talking about talks about his vest, which is really old and mouldering, and he says, "I've had this since 1658." No, he, I think or he says like it's that. one of my favorite. She says um, that vest is older than something or other, and, something and then other. he like, says it's one of my favorite pieces of clothing. I don't remember what he says and exactly, he references, but he says that. Yeah, and he references the year he's had yeah. it, and it's like 1690 something. Yeah, or no, 1590 something. Sorry, I'm getting my my um, centuries mixed up. Yeah, but yeah, and he talks about that, and then they make reference to um, Adam's jacket being really old and. And I think the costume designers have actually done a really good job of making clothes, that, and that was their aim, of course, to make clothes that could have come from a range of eras. Mm. So, like, yeah, you've got this vest that you happened to get in, you know, 1597 and you really like it, so you've hung on to that. Then you, otherwise you, you bought new things. Like, obviously, she's moved on to wearing um, pants. pants and, you know, you know, more comfortable clothes for women as opposed to the more restrictive clothes that would have been around that time. But then I get she the might have hung on to a jacket or two. Or a piece I get the of feeling fabric. she would have been quite avant garde. Avant garde in her clothing in all of the probably times that she mm. lived in. Um, I get that. I just get the feeling that she would have done whatever she wanted anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I prob- mean, who's going to stop her? Probably right? right, exactly. But I, I, but still, like she's obviously you know, taking advantage of whatever era she wants to be in. Yeah. And she's cool. so beautiful and caring and she's lovely. great in it. I um and they, they really do they work so well together. They're wonderful together. They're so good. They're a really good they feel really good marriage. Like they're really just patient with one another and mm. they sort of I, I wanna say things like finish each other's sentences, but that's not it. It's like a physical um just knowing where the other one is at times and mm. doing things together i've just done a google image search for only lovers left alive because i wanted to find out about the red thing and i found a picture of the more the tom hiddleston and tilda swinton ha- you know on set with somebody mm. and he's in his in his full adam costume but he's got this he's got his big hiddles grin on his face and it's really disconcerting because he's <laughs> Because you don't see him smile, not one bit, yeah, in this whole movie. But here he is, being his natural, gorgeous, smiley self. <laughs> yeah, he's so cute. He's so just lovely. He's utterly the, lovely in I real mean, life. You know, a brat, but he's so beautiful in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he is gorgeous as always. But they're both beautiful. Like, yeah. I think I want to link. I've, I've um, I think I found the uh, the naked bed photo, and I definitely want to link that because it is just so beautiful. The um, the way this is shot and the way light is used and light and shade and darkness is just gorgeous. Although, actually, at the beginning of it, there's mm. this spinning. Oh gosh. And- on the, it was really odd because on the Tilda Swinton shots, I think it was. Yeah. I felt fine, and then on the um the, on the Tom Hiddleston shots, mm. I started to feel like queasy. Oh no! I think it was just because I was like so tired and stuff. Right. But, but I, the, there was oh, something no, about I'm the, with you. the locus of where the shot was. It took me a while to get into this movie because it opens with the camera basically spinning around over the two of them, and we move around. And it is, it's it's moving uh like a record. You spin me right round. You spin me <laughs> right round, baby, right round. Anyway, they they and it moves around, and yeah, it, I found that too. It took me a while. I was kind of like, oh, is this going to stop? I didn't make me motion sick or anything. I, I think just, it, yeah. I think it was supposed it was supposed to show like you know the cycles of their life and and how mm. it keeps going and going round and round. And presumably and there is a cycle, and where- he, she's all happy and he's all mopey, right? right and presumably there's some kind of cycle where they every few months or so where he calls up and he's like, I need to see you. Mm-hmm. I'm depressed. Yeah. Sure. Well, they mention it. Yeah. That that he's gone through this before. Mm-hmm. The zombies have got him down before. Right. <laughs> I, well, I, I suspect the zombies probably get him down a couple times a year. They, yeah. They see each other and then we go through it all again and we start, start over, which is, you know, humans are like that too. We, yeah. 
we go through these phases. We're getting close to time, I think, so we okay. might wrap it up. It's it was um yeah we've had a fun little discussion about only lovers left alive. So what are you giving it? I gave it three and a half stars out of five. I'm going to agree with you on that and give it three and a half. It's good fun. Cool. Thank you very much for listening to Silver Screen Queens. If you want to know anything more about the show and look at our show notes slash links to pictures of Hiddles, you can do that at our website, silverscreenqueens.com or on our Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. If you uh, want to get in touch with us, probably the easiest way to do that is to like our Facebook page or to come and chat with us on Twitter at screen underscore queens. If you want to read Katie's review of Only Lovers Left Alive or of any of the other movies she watches, you can do that at her blog, which is silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.